0: Alright ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome back. Tennis of Melbourne, Convo, city of love. And uh, I have Shane with me. Shane, you want to say hello to our 15 million friends?
1: Hey guys, nice to to join you today Tom. I can't wait.
0: Okay, so first and foremost, uh, data in sports. Um, How big is data now these days in your opinion?
1: Look, it's, it's, it's huge, um, um, not, not just from a performance perspective, but from a, a business perspective. Sports organisations are now, you know, mining data. They're collecting a lot of data from a lot of different sources to, to really to, to drive improvement uh, or learn from historical data predict what the, the future is going to look like, and, uh, and it's huge. Um, and from the performance point of view, it's, uh, it's massive. Tennis is probably being a little bit behind compared to some of the other sports, but now um, I think uh, there's, a, there's a lot more use and you're seeing all, all the top players uh, have some form of sort of data use.
0: Um, I am a big uh, NBA fan. Um, there is a, a data which I really like. I think it introduced probably about just over 10 years ago. It's, it's about the efficiency of, of a player. Um, is tennis Does tennis have this uh, kind of a scale or sort of data for players' efficiency, not just looking at the ranking?
1: Yeah, look, there's a lot of sort of different efficiency measures. I think probably the, uh, the one, the, probably the most common rating system outside of the ranking, um, which people are familiar with, would be the UTR yep. rating system, which which is based on, um, I'm going to go a little bit technical here, the ELO rating system, which is a mathematical um, a, a way to sort of rate opponents. Um, and it actually outperforms ranking so um if you're trying to predict who's going to win an elo rating is more likely to give you who's going to win than using the normal ranking.
0: right okay now um based on what i know about you know browsing your socials and um bit of your facebook page and all that i noticed that you really get down to some of the details for players you know not just the shots the patterns um, and even things like you, you got something for, for for the coaches and the team so just looking at the patterns um, how do you pick up those patterns and how do you and what makes you think they are significant
1: yeah so I mean the first part pick, picking up the patterns is, is is a lot about really the data collection so how can we uh, collect that data so we, we, we do that either you know through manual tagging where you watch the video and and chart the whole match or we, we've got our own in-house our computer vision solution, um, which charts uh, part of the match for us. So that's how we collect the data. And then it's about, um, you know, using our sort of um, coding and algorithms to, to work out which patterns and which sequences are effective and then picking out the effective ones, um, presenting it to, to to our coach and, and player. Um, and I do want to point out as well on the social media, right, I suppose my, my business is probably targeted to audiences, one, is around you know the players and coaches to to use the data and information for high performance and then there's um, a lot of work that I do for various media entities um, uh, and that's more from a fan engagement perspective. So depending on the audience, uh, I would present the data a little bit different.
0: So um, AI AI is pretty big now. A lot of uh, even blockchain data is everywhere. Privacy is everywhere. Um, how would AI Take over what you do and how you can work with or even against AI in terms of data in sports.
1: Yeah, look, uh, look, it's um, it's, it's a bit of a buzzword, I think, sort of AI or big data. Um, I think the data collection side, um, is uh, you know, um, computer sort of solutions, um, fully automated sort of AI solutions will eventually do the data collection for us um i think that there's there's enough evidence and enough um from what i've seen it's, it's clearly going to happen and i think that's a, for me personally it's a good thing because the data collection side of it is the most <laughs> most boring part of part of the role um but where i think the human involvement is still going to be required is the actual analysis of it to go okay we've got this data so what do we do with it oh how about we analyze it in this way? And I think um, while you can sort of train a computer to be an expert system and do a little bit of it, I I still think the analytical part of it will be required from data people, data scientists, Um, and then, you know, the next level as well. Then the communication to a coach, I I still think that that layer will be really important for a human to talk to a human as opposed to a coach talking, you know, to a machine and and expecting them to sort Mm -hmm. of be able to unpick some data. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not, not, not really probably a good model. So um, I think the role will change, but I, I feel like um, any, the data people will be more enhanced once um, they're freed up to do a bit more.
0: So what are some of the examples for, uh, I call it, long-term data and short-term data and how they can play in in our in, in in world of tennis?
1: Yeah, so from, a, I suppose, a, a performance perspective, um, you can... Collect a uh, data, and some of it can be action straight away, and some of it can't. So I'll, uh, I'll try and think of an example. So um, there might be patterns of play that are really effective via player, but they it, it requires a bit of sort of training. You need you know to work with the physio, and you need to make sure your your body's conditioned enough to play that pattern um, recurrent uh, over five sets. Um, and and you you won't you might have the data, and the data might be hundred percent accurate, but you can't then action at the next match, which is in a day's time. So that's, that's what I call a medium to long-term, um, task required, um, which you park away. Uh, and then there's something like, okay, you these are the serve patterns that have been effective. Um, these are serve patterns that are effective against the opponent you're going to play. That's something you can give. And that's a, a short term sort of data solution, um, or, sca- or, or like a game plan that you can sort of implement. So, um, this kind of stuff will range between between that spectrum, and it's really up to the the analyst and the coach to go. Okay, this is something we can action now. Let's do it. This is something that will lead to later an off season, maybe.
0: So, are you saying if a junior player, 13, 14, and go up to you and as a, as a as a client and asking your company to to help um, the player or the team, uh, are you saying? at some point when this junior player, let's say, for example, um, may end up in, in pro or maybe starting pro by the time, you know, 20, 22, the player can actually go back to what he or she was playing, you know, when 14, 13, 14, and asking some questions like, all right, so that's why my forehand's not, you know, performing well under these circumstances or all this and that. Can they go back as far as, you know, three, five years?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, it would require... The, some vision from their matches um, um, and for us to sort of collect and, um, and chart it, whether with our AI solution or whether through manual tagging, you, you could. But I, I probably want to stress some caution here. One, um, I wouldn't want to be directly dealing with the player necessarily. I'd love to have a coach as a medium in there. I think that's really important. And, and two... You know, it depends how far back. If we're looking at a player that's 18 and looking at data from when they're 13, they've changed significantly. They're, they're probably a lot taller, um, you know, weigh a different um, weight. Their, their, their technique would have changed significantly, particularly if they're transitioning from a junior to a pro level. I, I, I think I would exercise a bit of caution before going back that far to, to have a look at it. But theoretically, if we, we need to do it, absolutely we could do it.
0: So... Um... You are currently working with um, some professional player um, and um, what are some of the, I guess, approach, you know, as as a, not just a, an, an analysis or a, a data input, and what are some of the things like, for example, relationship, communication, and other skills set you involve in, in working with a professional player?
1: Yeah, I, I think the the soft skills are so, so important. Um one of the big things that you have to do, um, and, and and I'll give two examples. I, I worked on the team of Thomas Fabiano in 2019 with uh, the coach Federico Passadilly, and, and this year I've worked with Isam Jalali, with uh, Hans Jaber, the Tunisian player. Um, the big the big thing is trust. So um, at the start, that, they, I suppose that relationship, they, they don't know necessarily who you are or what you can do for them. There's a bit of doubt about the data, naturally, because they haven't used it or they haven't used in the style that I've presented it. So you've got to build that trust and, and you've got to invest a bit of time explaining um, explaining what you're showing. Um, you've got to invest a, a little bit of time to make sure the coach is actually picking up what you're saying because I think there's always uh, miscommunication, particularly when we're most of the time in different countries. Um, so... Um, that, that communication is probably the biggest part. And then, then it's a matter of also uh, for an analyst, you're working within a team. So I've got to be flexible. So certain teams like their data, you know, the night before a match um, or their their players playing someone, they want the data before. So you've got to sort of work to that routine. Some some teams want it on the morning of the match. Um, other teams want a quick review immediately after the match. So um, it's about being a little bit flexible um, um but also reading the cues on on like if a coach is uh, often it's with WhatsApp message or a text, um, you, you've got to be you've got to sort of sense if there's a bit of doubt, you need to step in and and, and explain yourself a little bit more. Um, so again, I've had some really good data people work for me, and and the and and the big part that I tell them is you need to work on the soft skills um, because that's your analysis can be amazing, but if you're not it's not getting across or it's not being communicated it's probably going to do everyone a disservice
0: what if there are times where um the let's say when you interpret something and then coach may be like you know what i like i I like your information shane but i'm only going to tell maybe one third or half to my player because my player i don't think he or she is able to take what you said maybe the other half i'll say some other time Were Were there were there times like that
1: yeah, I think it happens all the time. Um, so I think um, with the arrangements that I have, and, and I feel like um, there's probably three tiers of how the data's useful to a coach. There's one they want to validate what's in their Sort of uh, they they want to validate something they're sensing. So they want is, if they, they want to see numbers to prove what they're seeing. The second is they want to see uh, they want to have some numbers that they can show their player. Um, to, to, to highlight some certain points. And then three, they want as an analyst to come in and give them something that they completely didn't know about or didn't know to look. So um, particularly in that third bucket, uh, there'll be a lot of analysis that goes in there and, and a coach might, might go, you know what, um, that's good, but I don't think my player has the capability to action that or – it's good, but we, we need to practice it before we, we use it in a match. So they might park it away. And that's that's part and parcel. I think um, I've learned very quickly you've got to put your ego away um, and you've got to, um, to to work within the teams. Uh, the coach knows the player better than anyone, so he will know what he can and can't action. Um, and at the same time, it's for me, if I, I really see it as something important and, and the coach keeps putting it off, I, I have to raise my voice and say, look, I think this is really important. Let's have a chat about it. Maybe we need an hour to unpick it together, but um, let's have a t- chat about it. So I think um, it's important for me to raise my opinion, but uh, it's also important for me to respect that a coach will pick out the things that the player can action. Um, and um, and that's just like in the, the nature of the work.
0: Are uh, all the data collected on court, are there any off-court data, like for example, sleepy pa- sleeping pattern time for recovery, you know, uh, even food intake?
1: Look, um, w- with the stuff I'm doing with tennis, well, I haven't. But, yeah, with, with other sports, uh, we, we do collect um, sort of self-reported data so that the, some of the, the athletes they would ha- that would have an app and they'd, they'd log their sleeping patterns, they'd log, you know, their food intake, and you collect that data. It usually goes into some sort of athlete management system and, and then – you know, you, you pull that data out um, and you, you do various analysis. Um, I think a lot of it's sort of for injury mitigation and, um, and preparation. Um, so certainly data is being used in that sense. Um, for me with tennis, a lot of it is sort of on-court match data that I'm collecting or training data from like GPS devices or various sort of sensors and trackers. So um, it's... Definitely something um, a lot of sports do. Definitely something I'm, I'm sure if you spoke to people at TA or, or any of the, the big federations, they're, they're, they're collecting that sort of data in their athlete management systems um, and, and, and using it in some shape or form to, to guide them or guide their athletes.
0: So data can improve not just players' performance, uh, and I'm assuming probably longevity uh, in uh, on, on the court because you know if, if they're doing well... Uh, at the same time, my, my, my concern my, my little curious boy inside me just want to ask is that if data can assist players you know, as we mentioned you know performance and all that, how about the psycho- uh, psychology side of it you know between the years, the the mental preparation, what are some of the data uh, I guess input and, and information can work with can work with the players you know what's between players? Mind during, say, big points, during, before the match, you know, if he or she is thinking, all right, cope, so this match is all about back end, it's all about back end, okay, so it's just down the tee, down the tee for serving, you know. Um, Yeah, you you, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so I mean, what happens in between the ears is probably one of the most important parts of tennis. Um, A couple of things. If, If you look at players ranked, you know, 300, 400, they hit the ball equally as as well, as hard as, you know, the guys at the top. So I think the mental side of it is what separates the, the better players from um, the players that are a uh, lower rank. Um, and, and I think um, well, one of the things that we we capture or we've defined is under pressure. So we've, we've got a calculation which looks at certain points. Things like break points are considered under pressure. There's other things. Um, and we look at the behaviour under pressure versus their normal behaviour. So certain players... Um, you know that they're, they're more aggressive with their forehand uh, or backhand under pressure than their normal state. Um, it's not always logical. Sometimes a player with a better backhand they go into their shell with their backhand under pressure and they you know try and attack with their their less dominant shot. So you know the, the mental side of things is quite interesting, but. Um, we, we track that under pressure and we present that back to, to, to the various teams that we work. Um, a, a good example is also looking at an opponent and looking at their behavior under pressure. So we, we might go, you know what, on, on uh, in tie breaks, this player, you know, on the due side is going to go T. That's their that's their preferred serve. Or on, on a break point on the ad side, you know, they, they, they go body, they want to go safe, um, or they're just going to do kickers into the body. So um, – it, 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 we use that. We use that as insight. Um, the coaches, uh, that they, they love that. They they, they want to know what the opponent's doing under pressure. So um, it's really important. And I might just say that if you look at the actual playing time versus, um, so when you're actually playing a point versus the the dead time, as I call it, where players are in between points or, you know, change events, only 25% of the overall match time is time that you're hitting a ball. So the, the rest is 75% of players out there, um, their minds wandering, you know. So, the mental side is such an important part. And there's uh, yeah, a lot of teams have sports psychologists on, on there as well.
0: Um, I think oh, I, had, I had this convo with someone else uh, in one of my convos earlier. Um, I could be wrong. Um, they said in match, let's say for a 5 of match, uh, in let's say in, in, man, in men's on clay, obviously there's lo- longer rallies, the uh, the total time that the ball is contact with the strings is no more than five minutes. Is that is, is that bizarre? Is that a bizarre stats for you?
1: Yeah, n- not not really. I think um, so. I d- 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 didn't have that exact stat in front of me, but uh, like a f- five set match, uh, like a five hour five set match is probably. You know, less than less than forty, fifty minutes of actual playing time. It's not mm-hmm. not a lot when you think about it. And, and a lot of the coaches that I that I do sort of the video analysis for, I remove the the dead time. And and when they they get the data, they, they get to watch the whole match really quickly. And they're like, oh, was it that short? And I go, no, that's the actual playing time. Is mm-hmm. is not 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 that much um, when you think about it.
0: Mm. Now, um, I'm just so curious about. Um, how you got this started. Now, uh, I'm assuming in your playing days or when you were just you know, into the whole data thing, did you take or using your data or observation, if you will, that beat your opponent?
1: Sorry, can you repeat
0: the question? Oh, sorry, my bad. Um, have you ever used your data and trying to beat your opponent and even times where uh, your opponent are much better than you?
1: Yeah, look, um, um, I think uh, yeah for, uh, for me as well, when, when I grew up and I was playing tennis, I, I wasn't a great player. Um, so um, I played, I think, at the AMT level in Canberra, uh, a number of tournaments there, um, uh, and a little bit in Victoria as well. But I, I was never a good player, so it was always important for me to do a little bit of preparation. Uh, watch, if I could find any video on my opponent, I'd try and do that. If I couldn't, I'd, I'd have a look at their match stats. Um, um, just have a little bit of a plan going into the match. Or if I knew a friend that played them, I'd ask them how they played, just so I went in there with at least a little bit of a game plan. So that that's um, something that I sort of always um, instilled or had instilled in me just the prep, prep, and and when I've been working with players a, a number of times, I've worked with players that are you know ranked lower than their opponents. Uh, a good example: is Thomas Fabiano. He he played Dominic Team. He played Stefanos Tsitsipas at Wimbledon, the U.S. Open in, in 20, 2019. and uh, we, we were hugely underdogs in both those matches. But we we went and really prepared. We knew our opponents really well, and we knew our players' strengths, and and we had some really clear. The game plans, if things were working well, if, uh, things to change, if things weren't, uh, and we almost had game plan A, B, C, and D. Um, and then, yeah, the coach uh, sort of looked at the data the, and, and uh, the player understood it and, and they went out and they, they were like, able to execute. So um, it, it's. I definitely think it helps. Um, I definitely think it's a team effort as well. It, it requires... Um, uh, players to, to sort of buy into it, um, the coaches to buy into it. But when it all sort of works well together, like it, it does work and it, and, and, and I, I almost find I, I like working in that underdog situation because I, I always felt I was the underdog in, in, in the matches that I played. So I love working with sort of players that are a, a bit lower and, and I love the challenge of them playing a seed. It, um, it's something that really excites me. Um, <laughs> I, I, obviously, I'm not playing. But uh, on the sideline, it, it, it gets me kind of excited a little bit when they're playing. See,
0: do you ever like watch the match so closely as a as a um, as an audience or the spectator, and then you forget putting down your data? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, I must admit it's been harder. I, I, I've watched tennis for a long time. I, I remember growing up. Uh, I used to stay up late watch Pete Sampras uh, Wimbledon. Uh, so, and I, I loved it as a, as a fan, um, I, I must admit, um, since you're starting to work with it and you, you're sort of seeing the, da- the, the data side of it, um, it's a bit harder to maybe sit back and relax and enjoy the match and without sort of analysing it as it's going. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I think that's part of it. If, you, if you're working in something, you, you, it's a, sometimes a little bit hard to switch off. Um, and particularly when it's one of your players, you, you're kind of also emotionally a little bit attached to the match. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit harder, if I'm being honest, to, mm. to enjoy it.
0: I've got to share my little quick story. Is, uh, I myself is a, is a basketball referee for well over a decade. And a lot of times i still watching, when I watch NBA, um, I'm still not looking at the ball. I look how the referee moved. We call it the mechanics. And also how, how they call, uh, whether they call it consistently in the first quarter versus the last quarter, etc., you know, so yeah, I can I can totally feel you. So, can you remember when was last time you actually sort of put your pens and papers and technology away and just sit back and just really enjoy a match, whether it's live or in front of TV?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, I not not not, not a time probably three four years uh, like without sort of mentally trying to analyse it. Um, I mean, I did like recently, obviously, watch the the Roland Garros final, um, and I, I wasn't actually doing any data work in terms of coding or anything at the time. it's just watching, sort of enjoying Djokovic and Nadal. Um, But even still, mentally, I was still going, okay, you know what, Djokovic (laughs) is hitting drop shots. Like, I don't think that part of me is something I can switch off now. Um, But, yeah, yeah, I I also think it's – I enjoy it a little bit um, to to do that, but – um, yeah, I can't, I can't actually honestly think of a time where it was probably five, six years ago when I just watched a match and just watched it.
0: Oh wow! Okay. Well, you you mentioned earlier you, you you love your um you know stats and numbers. Um, were you always good in with numbers or maths growing up? And is that how you got into the whole stats? Or-
1: um, yeah. Well, I mean, a, a lot of um. A lot of Sri Lankan kids will, 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 will jump up and agree with me here. I grew up in um, in a Sri Lankan household and both my parents were engineers. So uh, doing well in mathematics was uh, non-negotiable. Um, so me and my brother <laughs> had to uh, uh, like a grade of 90, 98. Is, is not good enough. Um, oh, would be, what? Uh, what a, yeah, what, what the other 2%. So uh, I think maths was something that, um, yeah, I it was drilled into me, and, uh, and and look, it's it's helped me out a fair bit. Um, and I've um, you know since then done sort of data science qualifications where you know, there's a heavy obviously there's coding, but there's an understanding of mathematics is, is essential to it. So it, it's certainly helped me. I think the work ethic from that time has really sort of helped me um, as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think growing up, it was it, it, it's helped me um, in in um, In doing what I'm doing, and obviously the passion for tennis and and trying to bring it together um, has worked quite well.
0: So now um, Melbourne has opened up. You know, tennis uh, are back, and you know potentially 2021 there will be a lot, a lot more tennis than 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 this year. Um, What's what what's it like? What what what's the next chapter for for, for Shane in twenty twenty one? Are you preparing to to expand or are you going to? Because I um I think you mentioned before, uh, the combo you, you work for other sports as well. So um what's it like for twenty twenty one for you?
1: Yeah, it's uh it's great that Melbourne's opened up. but I think um you know, in terms of data driven sports analytics, we are a little bit tennis heavy. But that being said, we 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 certainly work with other sports. I have a role at Cricket Australia, so. I, um, I'm the, the analytics lead in community cricket, so I work largely with sort of operational data, um, helping sort of w- work through uh, reporting requirements, but also, you know, predicting um, areas for community cricket to focus on, you know, retention, um, all, all those sort of things um, uh, are things that, that I, I also do. Um, in terms of data-driven sports analytics, uh we're still going to be working with a number of athletes um, on the ATP, WTA tour, and even you know Challenger Circuit and ITF. I think um, that's still going to be something that we're doing. We're, we're, we've got a few sort of you know uh, people working uh, within the team as well. So um, you know, hopefully we expand. I, um, it means I've got more clients, so I'd love to bring on some more sort of consultants. Um, it means we'll, we'll be working with some some more players. Um, obviously, you want to keep working on the working with the media as well. So one of the other things that we do at DDSA is work with some really good um, statistical media outlets like FiveThirtyEight. Um, We we work with, um, you know, um, done some stuff with Sky Sports um, and and a lot of journalists that have that analytical need or want uh, with with, with tennis. So still want to keep doing that. Um, And and lastly, I'd be remiss if I forgot to mention, I, I do some great work with, Mark Sporce and, and, and Nick Dissing on the tennis menu, those guys have done an amazing job sort of with, with some of the packages there and and, uh, and I get to do uh, a, a data package um, for that. So we'll hopefully do, do a little bit more next year on that as well. So, uh, so that's, that's 2021, but um, yeah, hoping we, we somehow beat COVID in, in there as well.
0: And uh, where can our 50 million listeners find you?
1: Uh, look um, yeah, yeah, a website DD uh, ddsportsanalytics.com um and you can sort of have, have, a, have a bit of a look at what we sort of do um, testimonials as well but also if you if you want um, to sort of come out and see some of the, the work we do we can uh, you can certainly log um, an interest there and we, we can uh, have a consultant sort of contact you uh, social media you can find um, with the data-driven sports analytics handle on, on most of them and um, so just we try and we try and put a few sort of informative posts out there as well. So um, yes, yeah, so definitely have a look there. Mm. Um, okay.
0: Now um, you are not going away without some lighter side of you because I want our listeners to to get to know you just on the lighter side. So we can put the you know the the Shane the data guy down a little bit just put that you know on the side a little bit so first and foremost uh do you watch other sports apart uh, apart from cricket or, or or tennis do you like do you watch footy or nba
1: yeah i, I follow my sports i think growing up i've, I've loved it so uh, definitely uh follow the nba uh, mm-hmm. i'll go to phoenix suns so they, oh. haven't been great. <laughs> phoenix they haven't been great lately but we were good in the bubble so uh i think uh, there's a lot of optimism for for next Next season for Phoenix. Jane, I'm um, sorry
0: to say this now. Literally a few hours ago, uh, Devin Booker doesn't want it to stay in the Suns. No joke. Uh, no, I, I, I,
1: that, you've given me some horrible news. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> no I'm joke, because, because what happened was uh, the title said um, like obviously, Sun gave him a huge uh, mega deal, but uh, there was something. Uh, There's probably some issues in the locker room. I don't know, it, but it ruined um, my day, mate. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, but uh, Devin Booker just not happy with Phoenix Suns. Maybe he want to go to I don't know a super team, but definitely not Lakers. Um, but yeah, so this is a a, um, a pretty reliable, a very reliable source and different platforms as well. So 2021 will be a really interesting for Phoenix Suns. Sorry to tell you that, Shane. How about yeah? Sorry about that. How about footy team? Who which, who do you go for?
1: Yeah, I go for, for the West Coast Eagles, um, oh. which is a, a strange one growing up in um, in, in Victoria, but my um, my brother got tickets to um, a Geelong game in the early 90s. I think Gary Hocking came, was a Geelong player, came yeah. to the school and he got tickets in the first match we watched was with West Coast Geelong, mm-hmm. um, and the whole family went for Geelong, so I, I had to go the other way, and I, I was an Eagles supporter ever since, so um
0: Yes. oh big game a few years ago um you know shout out to Western eagles but um what do you think that next year will look like because uh, they were they had they had, they were close in the finals but um are they going to carry the big trophy in the next few years in your opinion
1: um I think the eagles are close I think they've got a good good list um, yeah I mean it's a very like it's Richmond at the benchmark um, they're not going away anytime soon they'll be there um, but I, like, and then you know Geelong, They've recruited really well. It looks like they're going to get some big players in this trade period. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be there. Um, there's some other teams that are close. Uh, I think, you know, West Coast has a chance. I think they're a very, very good team, very good list. Um, but you, you need a lot of luck. You need a, a bit of luck with injuries, which we didn't have um, towards the end of the season. So mm-hmm. um, if, if we have that luck, we're, we're going to be right right there, I think.
0: Okay, now this is uh, just a very light aside, and some people, some people take it really serious, but um, it's, it happens to most combos. So Shane, pineapple on pizza, yes or no?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, really? Hard yes? Hard yes. You need pineapple on pizza. Who doesn't have it?
0: <laughs> well, if I give you the data, you'll be amazed. We're talking 50-50 here.
1: I'm <laughs> um, talking now. I mean, there's some, some really uh, some, some crazy people that don't mind. Like look, pizza. after
0: 200 episodes, and I can tell you, some people just go, Tom, you know, I like you, but um, yeah, pineapple on pizza is just a no for me. Even if I'm having a, a a dinner with Roger Federer, you know, if you give me a free slice of pizza with pineapple on it, I'll be like, hey, Roger, I love you, but no thanks. Because they, most, the most the argument was. Pineapple on pizza, yes, but once you heat it up, it doesn't taste like pineapple anymore. So, and I was like, well, pineapple still pineapple, whether you heat it up, you know, you still love it. So, I'm lucky you're, you're, you're on the good side of history. <laughs> yeah,
1: warm pineapple on pizza, it's, uh, it's a necessity.
0: Okay, uh, last but not least, uh, just the fun side. Uh, obviously, you, I'm, sure, I'm assuming you've been travel a little bit here and there uh, before COVID. Um, when you get on an airplane, uh, aisle seat, middle seat or window seat?
1: Um I'm I'm not fussy to be honest I I I'll go anywhere but I I pro- probably probably actually on the long haul flights mm-hmm. um yeah yeah, yeah. Ireland's probably better
0: Mhm
1: and uh, just out
0: of curious on this um do you get can you can you get a good sleep on an airplane uh on uh, during the flight say more than 6 hours
1: No never <laughs> <laughs> Wow I'll uh, probably, I'll probably watch all the shows and, and maybe even play some of the games and mm-hmm. um and uh, read up on something and everyone else is asleep dark but oh, i'll
0: be awake oh, <laughs> shane you have been amazing i had a really good time i'm glad we did this uh, over zoom um i don't think the whole world needs to know what happened this morning but um I'm, i think this version is a way better version i gotta say um shane thank you so much for your time energy and effort um please follow shane on or data Sport on, on social media um whether you're, you know, just very new to this kind of uh, convo, just um, just check it out because I've been sort of watching what Shane is doing during the uh, last uh, the Grand Slams and also how he presents himself. Uh, I myself is uh, a bit of a fan, so when he when he said yes to me uh, uh, last week, yeah, just last week, I was like, wow, what am I gonna do? So I actually prepared some some work. So I'm glad that I got through this or or. Um, yeah so Shane do you want to say goodbye to our any last words uh, before saying goodbye to our 50 million friends
1: (laughs) no look thanks Uh, yeah I really enjoyed it it was a a lot of fun and uh, yeah if anyone's I think uh, interested in sort of data and sports um, certainly reach out I I loved having a a good chat about it Mm
0: -hmm. Shane you have been amazing Uh, everyone thanks for listening on CastBox and Spotify my name is Tom Uh, stay tuned on Tennis of Melbourne Convo and uh, until next time Bye-bye.